it's another episode of the Down by Two podcast, uh, brought to you by Yup Beer. Uh, visit yupbeer.com to find a <laughs> a location near you. Uh, now available uh, in beer stores across the province and by Cryer Media. Visit Cryer Media or Cryer.co uh, for all things DB2 and sports related content. What's going on? It's your host Josh Elijah with my co-host Jesse McKay, aka Birdman. Birdman. Yo, how you doing, buddy? How's your weekend? It's been good, man. I'm trying so hard not to laugh right now, <laughs> bro. So, so uh, for anyone who doesn't understand why Josh is being so loopy, he's a little sicky boy right now. And Yo, just, okay. this show has the potential to go off the rails. Real quick. <laughs> Check this. I so I, I got sick over the weekend, uh, just like Saturday, woke up feeling stuffed up and stuff and uh, just not not feeling good. Um, and so I started taking like cold and sinus, Tylenol, cold and sinus. I've been on that straight and I, that's the, I guess stuff. you. it's, well, I mean, I, I think I've been taking too much of it because I woke up in the middle, bro, check this. I woke up in the middle of the night last night at like three o'clock in the morning and I had like the spins and I felt like I was going to get up out of bed and then faint. Like I was feeling so messed up and i'm like this doesn't feel fucking normal at all <laughs> why, why am i waking up out of my sleep to faint like this, <laughs> like it just For it, fun. I, it felt weird i'm like i think i've been taking too much tylenol and then i real and then i realized that like maybe i'm not actually sick because uh because amanda was asking me she's like well what about allergies and i'm like i don't have allergies she's like well that can change it can time it you can just get allergies. I'm like, oh, maybe I just have fucking allergies now, dude. And I've been ODing on Tylenol all week. <laughs> so, and allergies. Hate ODing on allergies. I hate it. You know, I just yeah. It's I'm like I've now I'm on an antihistamine. I probably shouldn't be drinking, but like whatever, right? No, I mean, that'll 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 get you right. You know the uh, the dizziness you have. It'll it'll correct it you know i'm sure is that how it works i'm just gonna start pissing yeah. blood uh <laughs> <I'm> pissing. <laughs> uh, uh yeah so i feel unhinged i feel i feel uh wonky um I, everything is everything has been a haze uh but here we are we uh we we persevere uh we we uh live to see another week here at the down by two podcast um last time last week when we were chatting uh we we weren't sure uh, if we would still be talking Leafs or not come this week. And uh, uh, turns out we're not. We're not. Um, I, I, I hate to do this on the show, but. What's he doing? What's he doing? What is the that? Florida Panther. Ew. Ew, man. Smoking on that Maple Leafs pack. Okay, dude. <laughs> okay. Where did I, you I get that hat? dusty ass hat in my closet uh i i have about 60 hats so i mean that's wow. even it pales in comparison to what you have so huge panthers fan over big here. big Panthers, literal guy. closet fan <laughs> found the hat in the closet look at that yo you know what they won me some they won me some fucking money over over the over the course of that series so um because once i realized that you know it's not right to be able or it's not wise to be betting on the Leafs. Uh, that's when I stopped, and I, I would start betting. Uh, when has it lot... ever been wise to bet it on hasn't. the Leafs? Honestly, it hasn't. I, that's we, why. That's why I never take Leafs picks ever. We it, well, we started. We started hammering the unders, and then taking uh, Panthers props on the over, and that seemed to work out very well. Which we will mm-hmm. get into uh, towards the end of the show. Um, and I don't want to take away from the guests that we have on this show. This is actually going to be the first time with our new format and releasing um, some of our interviews on YouTube as well uh, with uh, some of the some of the incredible people that we get to have on the show. We are very fortunate and lucky to be able to have some of these. Uh, industry professionals and pro athletes, um, former and current um, analysts, you name it, on the show. Um, But uh, ramping up for the CFL season, uh, we have former wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, CFL Hall of Famer, and now football analyst on TSN, Milt Stiegel, on this show. That's where we're going to cue the air horn, I guess. Um, But yeah. Really, really excited to be able to have him on the show. He was, uh, it was a treat to be able to have on as well, wasn't he, Jesse? 
Yes, he was. And super nice guy. Mm. He was really, really good guy to talk to. Incredible and, guy. Like, yeah, man, it was uh, the accolades that guy has are, are pretty crazy. Like, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying that he uh, goes down right now as the best wide receiver uh, to ever play the game in uh, in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he holds multiple records, um, uh, quite a decorated resume, if you will. And uh, yeah, all around, just an amazing guy to chat with. Um, hilarious hockey takes, by the way. So uh, uh, keep an eye out that for that at the end of the uh, at the end of the interview. But mm-hmm. um, before we jump into that, and we'll keep things brief off the top here because I really want to dive into it. Let's just lay let's bury the hatchet here with our thoughts on the Leafs um, specifically. I would love to get your perspective on Dubas's uh, end of season presser and, uh, and, and your thoughts. Um, because I mean, we've been back and forth and like, ah, Dubas has got to stay. Um, if uh, you know, we're going to keep this core together and continue to build on it and blah, blah, blah. Um, what are your thoughts? Because it, it definitely left everyone feeling a bit uneasy. And um, I mean, like, even when you look at certain, um, you know, analysts and, and, uh, members of the media like you look at chris johnson from sportsnet another guy that i'd love to get on this show he goes out and says uh, i know a lot of people uh, around the situation and there's more and more thoughts that uh this might not be uh, this might be the last uh, or might be the gm of the leafs moving forward uh next season that might not be the case um so that being said what are your thoughts what do you think how did that presser leave mm. you feeling? <clears throat> i don't know it was interesting it was like Like, I feel like a lot of those pressers are very scripted and, um, you know, they, they kind of give you the, the bare bone answers. Like they just tell you what you want to hear, right? Like, Oh, you know, we could have done this or we should have been better. You know, we'll, we'll come back next year, blah, blah, blah. But he, I feel like he really got personal and kind of just like went off the rails from his, from whatever they probably had scripted for him right yeah and it felt like he was really you know being honest right absolutely it's kind of refreshing almost i was like oh man this is a real dude like you know he this, this season probably took a crazy toll on him mentally and he legitimately just wants to like take a bit of time off and think about it like i i believe him when he says like i don't I'm not going to be uh, the GM of an of another team like X amount of time from now. <clears throat> um, but I guess it just comes comes down to if ownership wants to bring him back at this point, right? Kind of his end of the ice. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the ball is in his court. <laughs> no, I got it. Though. I got it. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's, so I would like to see him back. I'd like to see him back because man and like anytime he's made changes it's always been literally like for the best in mind it's never been uh uh, like there's there's really been no bad moves other than like i don't know maybe like thornton cc like like those kinds of players when he brought them in but he was i look at that as like a learning experience for him Mm because he's so young he's 37 you know and it's like He's listening to the fans while also listening to management above him and looking at the team needs. And he's like, it seems like he really takes everything into consideration and um, yeah, just makes moves accordingly. And he's made those trades. He's made the trades that the fans have wanted too. And he's gone out and he's done everything that we've asked of him really. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, you can look at it from that perspective and you can also look at it with like, well, he knows that he's on the hot seat. So this is his kind of kind of his last season, kind of like Anthopolis when he was with the Jays a little bit being like, hey, I'm just going all in on this. This mm-hmm. is it's it's do or die. Uh, so I'm, I'm making all the moves, knowing that he might be set up for a potential departure from the organization. So you could look at it from both perspectives. Um, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I think I think the Leafs definitely should retain him i think we're both on the same page with that uh with that being said that's that might not be the case and it definitely the presser left leaves fans uh a little uneasy um dubas stay stay dubas, it would stay. be nice please stay stay for a while stay for yeah. a drink that'd be stay good for the boys 
for the boys, please. Um, that's it. No more, no more leaf stocks. I, I, I'm done. I am. It's it. That's it. Uh, we we you know, give the cup to someone from the south that doesn't even get any fucking snow throughout the year. That's <laughs> fine. It, it is. It's 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 so shitty that like you and then you have Edmonton too fall apart. Not to say that I was cheering for Edmonton, but it's like, man, like, I guess I'd be happy to see. You know the the knights. I think that would be a. I think that'd be a cool storyline to see the knights as a very new expansion team go out and get it done. I mean, like I I personally think I I think they stand the best chance. I don't think Dallas quite has what it takes, but um, you know, well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Um, and then there's Carolina. I think uh, I think Carolina. Oh, will, Carolina's sick. They're so sick. Yeah. They're so sick. I think I, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking the knights uh uh knights and canes uh Stanley Cup finals, which I think would be super entertaining. So see, I had uh, Dallas in my finals like for my bracket yeah. that i did i had yeah. the dallas leafs and the hilarious but oh yeah man like <laughs> yeah I, I had dallas going all the way like i just i love the the goaltending I, mm-hmm. I think that that is a huge factor for winning cup teams and man they got like the best young goalie in the league at the moment so i would mm-hmm. pick dallas but i know what you mean with vegas it'd be really cool and i was low-key cheering for seattle to make it out of the second round because i just yeah. feel like that's a cool story just because Absolutely. it's like vegas out the gate they were good you know yeah. they made playoffs and uh that did, did they not go they made to it the to the final they, they made it to the cup year? in their first year yeah so <laughs> seattle being like one of the worst teams last year to actually making a big noise this year oh like, my god i, I was, just i was like I, hell yeah i want i love to see that toronto needs an expansion team that's it oh Oh, Yo, that is literally that, it. We need. That's the solution. Oh my god! That's there it, it is. Oh my god! <laughs> Hamilton needs a team. It's or Markham or fucking London. I don't give a shit. The Toronto needs an expansion team, and then we can go to the finals. We can go to the Stanley Cup finals. There it is. Solved it. Done. That's uh, it. I'll send my address uh, so you can just uh, send the check in the mail. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, solved it. Idea Easy. royalties. Is what you get. <laughs> um, with with that being said, I mean, yeah, uh, all hockey aside, I, I want to be able to bring this back over to Milt because, uh, man, what an absolute gem, a beautician, if you will. Uh, again, uh, an illustrious career with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, uh, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals as well. And then now uh, has his name in the CFL Hall of Fame and is a football analyst for TSN. Uh, always great to chat with uh, the team from TSN as well. So uh, without further ado, let's kick it over to Milt Stiegel and uh, go ahead and give this a peek. All right, we are back and we have uh, one heck of a guest for you lined up uh, with our first episode back in a while and with the uh the cfl season uh coming up upon us within the next yes. couple of months this is uh probably one of the better guests that we could possibly get on the show right now <laughs> um we have a former wide receiver uh, for the cincinnati bengals and the winnipeg blue bombers and uh nfl uh, or cfl uh football analyst on tsn we got milt stiegel on the show with us here today milt my man how you doing thank you so much for jumping on with us no, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that introduction too. Uh, it's been so long since I've actually played football. So I yes, uh, yes, just want to let folks that I did play at one time. So no, thank you very much for the introduction. <laughs> you, you, you played You played for a damn minute. You, you played uh, several, several seasons. And uh, yes. I just got to say right now, because you've definitely transitioned into the, uh, into the broadcasting career and trying that out as well. Obviously, it's been amazingly successful for you. But I've noticed that you've uh, you've, you've been uh, doing some work with some of uh, some of our former guests that we've had on the show, like uh, like Davis Sanchez from TSN as well, um, and uh, and our boy Rick Campanelli as yes, well, who's, yes, a, who's yes. the show favorite as well. What's it like working with some of those old boys? Well, it, it's awesome. I got to work with Rick uh, some like uh, you know around the Super Bowl, or whatever. So I really got to know him. He's yeah. A- awesome individual he was like the host of our little show he did a great job uh hopefully i get to work with him again he was great but uh davis and i i mean davis and our relationship is 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 way beyond just what we do on air we we formed a relationship he's i call him the little brother i never wanted you know that's how close we've got (laughs) you know his his family is awesome you know when i'm in town in toronto i go to his house his wife feeds me he comes down here we hang out with his family so 
our right relationship lane. is way beyond that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the yeah. beaches, right? That's yeah, uh, he lives in the beach. He's big money. He's big money. Exactly. Wow, wow, wow. That's intense. <laughs> well, yo, that's, that's Birdman's neighborhood over there. I, I, I miss it every day. That, that used to be my neck of the woods as well. But I moved right. out to London, Ontario, where uh, dreams go to either uh, live, I guess, if you're a hockey player, or die <laughs> other, on the other hand. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, it's uh, it, it's good to have you here. Where are you located now? If, you're, if you go to visit him in Toronto, where do you live? I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, so okay, yeah. it's, yeah, it's okay. just when I'm in town to work for TSN, you know, if we have some free time, we hang out, and I'm always over at the house, you know, with two beautiful yeah. daughters, wonderful wife, so, yeah, yeah I, I always, I'm, you get, it gets old living in a hotel all the time, so when I get a oh, break, yeah. I always go to this house, so. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I, I, I hear you, man, well, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about that, because you're not originally from Georgia, you are uh, born and raised in Cincinnati, and we yes. like to start off by finding out a little bit more about where it all started with you. And uh, I mean, like, just you know, from doing our research and whatnot, dude, being born in Cincinnati and then being drafted by Cincinnati is pretty incredible. But give us a story as to how you know everything else that happened in between that, um, and you know how you actually got started in football. Like, were you always going to be a football player, or did it start somewhere else? No, well, you know, growing up, just like a lot of kids, uh, when I was growing up, did multiple sports. You know, I did, uh, I did everything. I did football, basketball, uh, baseball, ran track. I did a little yeah. tennis, volleyball, even a little soccer. I, I, I did it all. But then when I got to high school, I specialized in in basketball, uh, track, and football. And football was the sport that I excelled in the most to the point where I was actually able to get a full scholarship to Miami of Ohio. And then from Miami of Ohio, as you just alluded to. I was with the Bengals. So, I mean, it, it, it was a, a, a crazy time knowing that I got to spend a decent amount of my uh, football career right there in the state of Ohio. And, you know, basically in Cincinnati and Oxford is only like an hour and a half. So it, yeah. it, it, was a, it was a gift and a curse, though. It was a gift and a curse. But the pros definitely outweighed the cons. Absolutely. I mean, like, like it just just for it to uh, uh, you know, unravel for you like that and for you to actually get your ticket to the show uh, when it you know, when it comes to draft day, you, you got to walk me through draft day and how special mm -hmm. that must be like Jesse and I were just chatting about this and how how awesome it is to be drafted by your hometown team. Oh, yeah. It must have well, been unreal. It, it was unreal, but it was it was somewhat bittersweet because what happened was going into my senior year and this is when they had 12 rounds i was projected because of my junior i was projected to be like a maybe a fifth or sixth rounder maybe a fourth if i had a great year but unfortunately my senior year offensively we stunk it up so i did not get drafted but there were like five teams including the Bengals, who told me if you don't get drafted we're going to call you right away and bring you in as a free agent so uh six teams called me my agent and I, we said, you know, you got a real good shot. You, you got the best shot of making the Bengals as an uh, undrafted free agent. So we took mm -hmm. the Bengals uh, opportunity, uh, went in. I remember the opening kickoff of the opening preseason game. I returned it for a touchdown. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is just like, that is just the ultimate beginning to your career to be able to return it for a touchdown. That yes. is absolutely insane. So I'm, I'm curious, did you think that because, you know, just, you know, looking back at the, at the Bengals back and, you know, back in those days, you know, just with the records and what have you, did you think that you had more chance to be able to play for the Bengals? Like, or what were some of the other teams that you were potentially looking at when you were going undrafted? Yeah. Uh, the, the Bengals, the Falcons, uh, the Jets, uh, the Eagles, uh, Seattle, and I can't remember another team now, but no, those no were Rams, teams. no Rams, no, no, no Rams, no Rams. <laughs> okay. that, that's that's my team, and I would. That's your team. Is it the St. Louis Rams or the L.A. Rams? Which one is it? Or just the Rams? So it's, the, it's the St. Louis Rams. It's the St. Louis Rams. When I that's when I first started watching football was '99, uh, and when they won the oh, Super Bowl wow. against okay. the Tennessee Titans. So that's when I first started watching football was right was, because my dad was really excited about this sport that i never really heard about all that much at that point uh because he's, he's losing right. his mind over the rams winning the super bowl so that's when i first started watching football in general um but he was he's a rams fan back when they were in la so um, okay so, okay so now they're they're definitely they're definitely in uh where they're supposed to be obviously they're they yes they are home. Uh, yep. But yep. man, I, I, I just the greatest show on turf. That's what got me real hyped about football. But. That was and speaking of that, there's a good there was a good buddy of mine who was actually on that '99 team, a guy named Ron Carpenter, 
who I grew up with and actually went to college with, he was on that team with the Rams no and got him the Super Bowl. Way. Same draft class yep. and everything. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, he's a, he got red shirt. We're the same year, but he 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 got red shirt, so he was a year behind me. So okay. Yep. So if you got his yep. contact information, you hit me up after and let me know because maybe we can have you both on the show as well. Because I would love. Oh, to without a doubt about that. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> but you know, enough networking. We're digressing a little bit here. I mean. <laughs> Just uh, like so, obviously that's that's got to be one of your standout moments here. Now, obviously, just doing a little bit of research. It's looking at like looking at the teams, and you're looking at the AFC Central, and you, you know it's the Pittsburgh Steelers that generally run the show. I mean, the Houston Oilers yeah. were okay, but um, but yeah, it, like how tough was it to be playing in that division? You got the Browns as well. Um, you know, just just shed a little bit of light in those you know those seasons that you spent with the Bengals there. Yeah, it, 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 well, it was some tough seasons. In my three years, I think we won like 14, 15 games. So, I mean, after a while, I couldn't give away my tickets. My family didn't want to see me anymore. That's how bad we were. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was tough. That's worn moon days, you know, with the running shoot, uh, with the Houston Oilers, the old Houston Oilers, uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. They they were the only class of the, of the conference, but the class of the league, you know, that they were tough. And Cleveland, that was our arch rival. And I always talk about, I remember a game in Cleveland where I was returning to kickoff, and that's when the dog pound was the dog pound. That's when they were yeah. throwing snowballs yeah. with batteries inside of them at the players on the field. So <laughs> there, there, no there, way. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's when the dog the dog pound is soft now compared to what it was back in the uh, 70s and 80s and late 80s and early 90s when I was playing. So. Yeah, for sure. There, there, there's yeah. some fan ejections if that happens now. I mean, like there was a delay a game with the yeah. uh, with the Bills fans throwing snowballs at the at the Dolphins this year. Yes. So I, mean, I can't yeah. even imagine if they're loaded with double A's. That's oh, it, it was a different rivalry back then. I mean, the, everyone, the fields were horrible. You know, old school turf or the grass with the baseball fields. But I mean, it, it was a time in my life. The fact that I actually got an opportunity uh, to play three years, not only in the NFL, but with my hometown team. Uh, those are memories and 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 uh, events that I'll I'll never forget. Of course, of course. Now you you kind of you kind of started answering one of my one of my questions is just some of the tougher environments that you've had to play. You talk about the the dog pound in Cleveland. Any anywhere else that's like so damn hard to go play in on the road? Uh, Philadelphia was tough. The Philadelphia Eagles, those fans, <laughs> and that's and that's when they had the horrible field too. But the fans were rough. They were not yeah. only rough on us, they were rough on their hometown team, too. So that environment was the toughest, maybe. I mean, the Cleveland Brown, the dog pound was tough, but that environment uh, in Philadelphia at the, what was it called, the Vet, I think, back in the day. I think that's what their yeah. stadium was called. Sure. It, it, yeah, was, yeah. It, it was a tough environment, especially when you're losing, you're getting crushed, it's cold. It's a really tough environment. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't seem like things have really changed over in Philadelphia. Like, no, it's, it's, no, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they'll boo the Sixers. They'll boo the Eagles. Like, I mean, not anytime recently, but man, yeah, they, they are got it. They got to be one of the, the toughest fans to be able to go play against. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, but man, so super cool because I mean, you had the chance to be able to play in the NFL um, and then injuries struck and and now we're now we're uh, looking at different opportunities what's kind of going through your mind because i know there was an opportunity to maybe play for green bay um, right but then we ended up making a transition and kind of walk me through how all that transpired and what ultimately led to your decision to move to canada well uh as you mentioned uh i was in training camp with green bay in 95 my contract was up with the Bengals, and i signed with green bay in 95 and going through training camp going through all the mini camps and off-season workout i was doing well First day of training camp, pulled my hamstring. So I'm out four Damn. weeks, and they had no way to evaluate me. I didn't get to play any preseason games, no training camp. So they had no choice but to release me. So when they released me, I just assumed because Northern NFL teams came calling, I, I assumed my football career was over. I thought I was going to enter the real world. You know, I wanted to be a, a teacher. I wanted to be a, a middle school math teacher. But then I get a call from my agent letting me know that there's a team in Canada who had my rights. So I'm like, I didn't understand half my rights. Like, hold on, what's going on? Yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. No, the, the, you're on their neck list and they want you to come up. So I asked him, I'm like, who is it? He said, Winnipeg. I'm like, what's a Winnipeg? What is a Winnipeg? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he told me, no, there's Winnipeg and Manitoba. They have your rights and they want you to come up there and play with them. They want to fly you up in a week. So, you know, I thought about it at the time. I was 25 and I have an injury any big responsibilities. I was like, you know, let me give it a try. So I went up there, 
September of 95 and ended up playing 14 years and, and, and it was the greatest time of my life. And when I say oh. the greatest time of my life, uh, there's nothing else like those 14 years I got to spend in the CFL, but particularly the 14 years I got to spend in Winnipeg and I wouldn't change it for anything in this world. I mean, you have one incredibly decorated resume. I mean, when you're looking at all-star and multiple uh, hold, like record holder for, you know, for touchdowns as well. I mean, like it, it's crazy. And, and obviously being in the CFL hall of fame and a lot of, yes. a lot of CFL fans, I mean, blue bomber fans are not like, they will say that you are the best wide receiver of all time to play in the CFL. And that's, just I, I agree with him. I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Modesty. I love it. That's amazing. I mean, like it's, it's so walk me through some of the, some of the, the process. And like, that's interesting because I didn't realize that they would actually have the rights. So is that something that, uh, that happens often with, uh, oh, yes. with NFL players to CFL? Oh, without a doubt. Yes. So what happens is uh, scouts uh, like for Winnipeg, it's a guy named Danny McManus, who's one of the greatest quarterbacks mm. who ever played. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the CFL. He's one of the main scouts for the Blue Bombers. So what they do, they go to like NFL training camps and they look at guys who may who may be on the bubble or who may be, let's be honest, not going to be around the NFL for long. And they'll see those guys and they'll put them on the neg list. So what happens is when those guys are, are, are released from the NFL, that CFL team has first rights to them. So they call them up and say, hey, we want you to come up to the CFL and play for our team. You know, what do you want think about it? And if you want to come to the CFL, we have your first right. So that's how it works. I think you're allowed to put like 25, 30 guys on your neg list. And if gotcha. those guys want to come to the CFL, that's the first team they have to go to. Wow. That, so I didn't I didn't even realize that's how that went down. And so did was it just sort of like a meet and greet? It was just like, hey, let's go on a first date and see if we're feeling each other out. Or, or did you go up to Winnipeg and you're just like, I don't know about this place. Like. Man, like I'm I'm Canadian. I don't even know about Winnipeg. Like it is up there. Well, the craziest, this is the craziest story of all, right? So I flew in and I got in at like 10, 11 o'clock that morning. Mm -hmm. They didn't give me a physical. I go straight to the facility and I'm practicing that same day. (laughs) I'm practicing (laughs) that same day. And like five or six days later, I'm playing in my first game. I didn't even know all the rules. Was the season already started at that point? Oh, yeah. The season already started. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, the so like training camp or anything. You're just no. They, they, yeah, yeah. they were they were like maybe 13, 14 games into the season because I played like the last five, five games of that year in the playoff game. So, yeah, no, they were in full swing. They're going and everything. So And they just threw me right in the mix right away. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> wow, because I mean, I was looking at some of your stats from that first season, and like you were putting up some crazy numbers, and like that is that is absolutely bonkers. But then, um, sh- shortly after, or maybe correct my timeline here, but they decided to put you over at Slotback. And for our American listeners and and, and people that might not know, uh, Slotback is a bit different in CFL. So maybe you yes. can break that down for us, Mill. Yeah, Slotback is a lot different. So the Slotback in the CFL. Uh, those are the individuals that are running towards the ball. They get the running start. Uh, and it took me maybe 15, 16 games to get used to it. It's, it's, it's not an easy transition when you've been in the standstill your entire football career, and all of a sudden they want you to run towards the ball as it's being snapped. So uh, if you look at arena ball, they do it too, but their timing is based on the slot. In the CFL, the timing is based on the snap count. So you have to be able to time it perfectly. Otherwise, you're going to be five yards behind the line of scrimmage or offside. So as I just alluded to, it took me about 15 games to get used to it. But once I got used to it, I was able to take full advantage of it. And I was really able to use it towards my benefit. So, yeah, you were able to take that new change and be able to run with it. And how did it impact your game altogether? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because I'm not the fastest guy. I mean, I may look fast, but I knew how to utilize that wagon. I knew how to utilize it as far as going behind the line of scrimmage and it determined a lot of time if it was going to be man or zone and just getting that running start and not allowing those DBs to touch me. I mean, it, it really made for a lot of big plays down the field because, as I mentioned, I'm getting a running start and the DB is at a standstill. You get right. by them, they're not keeping up with me. I don't care how fast you are. So it really, <laughs> it, it really worked towards my benefit. 
That's that's incredible. And then obviously all you have to do is look at your stats year in and year out and you're able to take you know, insane advantage of that and and be able to, you know, a multiple all star and, and all the accolades that you have is really just an impressive career. Uh, go on YouTube as well and just watch some of your highlight reels like it's, it's absolutely <laughs> insanity. Um, and obviously, again, the, a lot of CFL fans, Blue Bombers or not, would would uh, say that you are the the uh, the top wide receiver of uh, CFL history, really, which is which is uh, not, nothing to nothing to scoff at. Um, and once but, again, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we all do here um, now, obviously. So we were talking about, you know, some of the tougher places to play in uh, in the NFL. Uh, but then here in Canada, Bird and I were talking before the show. And Bird, what, what were you thinking that might be the, the tougher places to play? Um, I mean, especially for Winnipeg as well. Yeah, I mean, like your closest rival, would it have been Regina? And one through ten. It's Regina one through one, ten. So going, going through there must have been pretty crazy. Like for game day, like what to walk us through that. that because you that, got your neighbors there. Yeah. Yes. The the Labor Day classic. And I don't miss playing football. But I miss the atmosphere and everything that comes with the Labor Day Classic. There's, oh, yeah. there's nothing like it. And I didn't win too many Labor Day Classics in my career. I think in 14 years, I maybe won three or four. But just that atmosphere, those fans. And now they're not as intense because they're not as close as they were in the old stadium. In the old stadium, I mean, they, mean? they were right here. They were right here on you. And once those Rough Riders got up, it's like – Okay, am I playing against 20 people on this field? Because those fans are into it. They're calling you all types of names. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, but, at, but after the game, it's all respect. You know, they were very respectful. But during the game, I mean, they, they, they were on you. You drop a ball or you get burnt, you come to the sideline, you would hear it from those fans. But that atmosphere is something I truly miss about not playing Man. football. There's nothing oh, yeah. else like it. Goal sec, the close second is... Is the Hamilton Tiger Cat fans? They they were pretty raw too, but there's nothing like those fans in Regina. Well, that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna say, like, do you think did you notice a huge difference between like even West Coast and East Coast fans? Like, what what are some of the major differences in some of the other cities? Uh, well, I mean, as as I just mentioned, there's nothing like Regina. Hamilton is 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 close. Toronto, you know, it's like the Hollywood of, of, of Canada. So. <laughs> Uh, they're they're not That's as intense. So funny. If it not was a playoff intense. game or a big game, <laughs> they would get into it. And then at Edmonton and 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 Calgary and Vancouver. When I was playing, I mean, some of those games in Vancouver, I mean, shucks, the, the, the fans could hear all the calls on the field because there were really not many people in the stands. So uh, it, it, it's a little bit difficult. And yeah, Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa, like Ottawa was okay. It's almost like the What's smaller that? towns are, are more oh, intense because, yes. like, the fans the, are just way more into it. The prairies, the prairies, Win, Win, Winnipeg yeah. and, and 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 Regina, Saskatchewan. Those those are the and not not taking any away from those other cities. Like I say, Hamilton is good, but those are the football cities in Canada. Those are it. Those For are sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to look at it as well because they don't have. I mean. When you look at when you look at Saskatchewan, you look at Regina, um, and then you look at Hamilton as well. They don't have any other professional teams whatsoever. Um, well, Winnipeg has the Jets now, but the fans still support. The Jets, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but, but yeah, even, even when you look at Ottawa as well, like Ottawa has has the Red Blacks now. Um, right. But yeah, so it's like when some of those teams that or some of those cities that only have one or two teams, they're going to be super famous. Yeah, the fans right. are crazy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that is now, true. obviously, throughout your entire career, you got, do you have any stories to be able to share with us? I mean, there's got to be some 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 players. There's got to be some players that, you know, sure, yes, we, we know you're, you're the best wide receiver of all time in the CFL, but there's got to be some players that, that lock you down all the time where you're just like, oh, man, I got to face this guy again, and he's always got my number. Uh, probably not, but I'll come up with someone. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Love the modesty, man. Love it. No, th th there was a guy, and I didn't start playing against him until later on in my career, and we actually worked out in the offseason together, but there's a guy, uh, I don't know if you remember, a guy named Corey Banks. Uh, okay. Corey Banks and I, Dante Marsh. I didn't go up as much against Dante because he was a cornerback, but Corey Banks and Dante Marsh, they moved to Atlanta. They don't live here anymore, but we started working out together. But Corey Banks was maybe during his time period when he's at the top of his game, he was the best DB in the league. He started off in Ottawa. He finished up in BC. And when him and Dante Marsh were in BC together, 
they were to maybe the best tandem cornerback halfback tandem uh in the cfl at the time they were really tough but Corey, he wasn't a big guy wasn't a fast guy but he just knew the game uh his his knowledge of the game and how he was able to read routes uh, i had to come with my best game to have some success with him and i had some and there were some games where i didn't but he was a tough smart player and he he would give me fits a lot. There's another guy who I played against early in my career, Gerald Vaughn, who was like 6'2", 225, ran a 4'3", and benched like 50 million pounds. He was tough because he was so big and strong. So those two yeah. guys were maybe the two toughest guys I went against in my career. I mean, and, and again, you've had such a long story career as well. And um, just just looking at everything that you've been able to accomplish, um, just one of the things is that you know, um, and, and I hate to bring it up, but there there wasn't that coveted Grey Cup championship, yep. even though yep. you've been to the Grey Cup. And we we look at we look at towards you know the latter half of your career as well. And there were you know multiple rumors and and almost there was at points where you were almost certain that you were going to retire. You know, was that just to be able to make sure that you still had enough left in the tank to be able to chase that chip? Um, and uh, which you you know what. I totally respect the hell out of you for being able to stick with one organization your entire mm -hmm. career and be able to want to bring a great cup over to Winnipeg with uh, with the Blue Bombers there. But walk us through some of your decisions when it came towards the end of your career. And, you know, you still ended up playing an extra three or four seasons after you thought that you might retire. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, that mentality. Yeah. That, that was all based around family. It was all yeah. based around family. Uh, my oldest son, who's about to graduate from high school now, he was born uh, in 2004. So that's when my wife and I, because I was up here while they were, uh, I was up in Winnipeg while they were down here. So that's when we started saying, okay, it's time to wrap this up soon. So, and yeah. then after 2007, going through the 2007 year, we were, as I said all the time, we were 99% sure that we were gonna retire, regardless of what happened. I mean, it would have been the perfect, scenario if we would have won the Grey Cup that year. But even when I didn't win the Grey Cup, we were going to retire. So uh, I told Winnipeg, you know, I'm going to retire. They was like, well, no, let's think about it. You should think about it, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> yeah. I went to my wife and was like, you know, honey, I'm going to retire. I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah. thinking about it. She was like, well, no, if you think you have another year, let's give it another year. So we gave it another year. She got pregnant with our youngest son. And we had our youngest son in Winnipeg. You know, we thought, you know, regardless of what happened, that was going to be it for me. Uh, yeah. And then in that off season, I had to have microfracture surgery. And if I knew that I wasn't going to be up to par and I was going to miss the first six or seven games, I wouldn't have never came back. But, you know, we had already committed to it. They had already got the ball rolling. They, you know, used me in marketing mm -hmm. campaign. So that mm -hmm. was the only reason I played. But otherwise, because of my knee surgery and I wasn't, I was maybe 50, 60% of my old self because of that knee surgery, uh, I wouldn't have came back and played. But you know, it worked out well. You know, I, I had an opportunity to do some things on the field and off the field. So everything worked out as planned. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, I totally respect that. And, you know, at the end of the day, you, you put together such a storied career. And, um, you know, obviously it, it earned yourself a ticket to the uh, the CFL Hall of Fame. And uh, maybe just walk us through some of the emotions that you went through, you know, after you know all those seasons in the or in the, in the CFL as well. And, uh you know what it was what it meant to you to be able to get inducted into the hall of fame oh it meant a lot it meant a lot you know i, I never played the game uh for accolades or anything like that i played it because i mean it you know it, it was a gift from god to allow me to do that so my only uh goal was to go out there and play as hard as i can never yeah. say that uh my only goal was to say i can look in the mirror and say i did all i can do but when i got inducted to that hall of fame I mean, that, that was special there were a lot of individuals who were definitely responsible for that it wasn't all me i played with a bunch of quarterbacks with the two quarterbacks who meant more to me than anyone else I ever played football with kahari mm -hmm. jones and and kevin glenn those guys sacrificed a lot for me to go out there and do it and then more so than them was my family you know my parents my brothers and sisters and of course my wife and my two sons so uh, it was a special moment uh 2012 and it even made me even more special was the fact that it was in Winnipeg, and I don't know if yeah. that was the plan or whatever, but the fact that I got inducted into the place where I played, hey. I mean, there, there, there was nothing else like that. It was truly special.
I mean, that's just an incredible way to bookend, you know, being drafted in your hometown uh, into the NFL and then getting inducted to the Hall of Fame with the team that you that was drafted that drafted you. And, and uh, it's yes. really a picture perfect ending. Yes, yes, yes. It, it was definitely picture perfect. Cherry on the top. And uh, I mean, I, I'm still benefited from the fact that I played in Winnipeg for 14 years and I've been retired for 15 years. So it was a blessing what I've been what, yeah. what, what I was able to do in Winnipeg. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I feel like we just got a little bit of a director's cut of what your speech might have been like when you got called up to the podium there. So, <laughs> pretty much, I mean, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, yeah. as we're as we're heading into the CFL season coming up here, um, I, I'd like to get your takes on not only some CFL uh, storylines and things to watch out for, but uh, even in the NFL as well, and get some of your takes as we as we head into the season. Yeah, well, we'll start with the CFL. I mean, of yeah. course, the main story, I think. Are, are the Argonauts and what are they going to be able to do uh, being the great cup champion and your quarterback yeah. not coming back, going to the USFL. And now they're looking like they're going to go with uh, Jim's nephew, Chad Kelly, as their starting quarterback. I yeah. love, I love his confidence. I think the most important trait to being successful is confidence, but how is he going to be on the field? You know, we saw pads and bits of him. Of course, he stepped in the great cup and had a great game, but it's different when you're expected to go out there week in and week out and be the guy. So that's a story. And of course, Winnipeg, you know, they're they're the favorites again. You know, they brought yeah. all their mostly all their main guys back, so they're the favorites. So I think I'm I want to leave on the CFL. I think the surprise is going to be the Edmonton Elks. They're going to be yeah. the surprise. Chris yeah. Jones and G. Roy Simon, they they fielded a, a team last year where they were just trying to figure out things, but now they're going to be the surprise of the CFL. They're going to make some heads move and course nfl you you got aaron Rodgers who's who's haul, hogging up all the, the all the media once again fresh he, off the grill now yeah yep. we got yeah we he, got rogers in in, in yep. new york that's that's pretty nuts man he, and, he's for, the talk of the and for not a lot and for not a lot i mean no, like when you look at what, no. the, what the green bay packers had to give up and just a couple pick swaps even and then uh um you know just the draft package that they ended up getting or the pick package that's really why did it take so long yeah, exactly. So the, the pressure's on because he's expected to come out and lead this team to the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl or bust because you see what, what L.A. Rams, what they were able to do when they got their guy, Tampa Bay, when they got their guy. So they're expecting the same thing out of Rodgers. But we remember the last uh, Green Bay Packer quarterback that when they left uh, Green Bay and went to the Jets, what he did. So hopefully Rodgers could do a little bit better than that. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you also have to look at the dynamic between that division now and like, you also have to get past the bills. So not yes. only does this, do you think this puts a lot of pressure on the bills to be able to shut down the jets now that Rodgers in their division? Oh, without a doubt, you know, they're, they're expected to do big things. You know, it was a letdown from last year that they didn't get to the super bowl. So it's super bowl or bust for them also, you know, those fans, they're behind them 100%, but they're saying, okay, we have everything in place. It's time to get to that Super Bowl, or do we need to make some changes? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that division. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in the AFC, period. You think of those quarterbacks in the AFC, in the NFC suit, but I think the best quarterbacks right now are in the AFC with, with Mahomes. And we don't know what's going to happen in Baltimore, but uh, it's some tough quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely agree. One more time. This is Milt Stiegel uh, on the Down by Two podcast brought to you by Cryer Media and Yup Beer. Um, now, obviously, uh, just before you go, uh, we do our research here on Down by Two and uh, make sure that we, you know, check out as much uh, as much um, information as we can before uh, bringing on one of our guests, because we want to make sure we do our homework. And uh, <laughs> I want to say I, I, I found uh, I found a clip online that was uh, one of the more interesting takes that I've seen Thanks, Steagle is one of the greatest players in Canadian Football League history, no doubt about it. But his fan base north of the border might take a hit after Canadians hear what Milt thinks about another sport that's fairly popular in our country. Oh, Listen to man. what I'm about to say. Ready? Let me know when you're ready. Hockey is not a sport. <laughs> it's not a real sport. It's, I, I, and I classified in the same category as darts or bowling or. Or, or curling or five pin <laughs> hockey is not a sport. I'll challenge any hockey player to a duel. If you want to fight, we can fight. We can fight. You can come on the football. I, I've never been on the ice before, but 
ice skates. That's what the, the figure skaters. You wear the same outfit as a figure skater. So <laughs> hockey is not a real sport. I may get kicked out of Canada for this, but it doesn't matter. Hockey is not a real sport. To, uh, who is that? Wayne Gretzky? Is that the guy? Is that the most famous hockey? <laughs> hockey is not a, playing hockey in Phoenix. Hey, that's like saying I'm almost <laughs> pregnant. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Canada. Mr. Canada. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Everything man. about that, that is incredible. Oh, oh man. You yeah. know, that is like, uh, that, that's been one of the hottest takes that we've had on this show, period. Uh, <laughs> do you still stand with your take? Uh, do, you, do, do you have a oh. newfound respect now for hockey? Oh, uh, without a doubt. A newfound yeah, respect you, without a doubt. Give you the chance to clear your conscience here a little bit. Yes, yes. And then, you know what? After that, it, it was it was a tough maybe three or four months because <laughs> the, my own fans in Winnipeg, they were on me pretty hard. They were on me pretty hard. and. No, I, I I take it all back. That was actually my twin brother Matt Siegel. That wasn't even me. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, oh man, that's no, amazing. no, no, no. You, you, you had to bring that up. Thanks a lot. Thanks no, a lot. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was some, probably some blue bomber fan that went and dug up the archives and posted yeah. that like 15 yeah. years ago. That's hilarious. One more yeah. time, Milt Siegel from the Cincinnati Bengals and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and TSN football analysts as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and uh, definitely would love to have you back as well um, no. and uh, stay in touch and uh yeah thanks again for jumping on no thanks for having me on love what you guys are doing take care absolutely cheers yeah there it is that's milt stiegel did you like that he was a great guy to talk to um it was fantastic and uh, really really hope to have him back on the show and uh, and yeah, um, we'll have him on uh, closer towards the a uh, start of the NFL uh, season as well. Um, moving forward, uh, we're gonna end off the show here with uh, a couple picks. Now, uh, let me let me give you a little bit of uh, backstory over the last couple of weeks. We've only gotten uh, one wrong, and Jesse, which one was that that we got wrong? <sighs> Maple Leafs money line. Maple Leafs money line. So, um, with that being said, we're gonna bring in. Uh, our, our picks for this week uh, for Friday, um, May the what day is it? I don't even know anymore. Uh, but here it is. DB Two Bets brought to brought to you by our boys over at Betstamp. Uh, visit Betstamp.app uh, for all the uh, different sports books that are available with the best lines across the market, and follow along with our picks as well. We got a lot. Like I said, I'm feeling loopy. I'm feeling unhinged. Um, we, we got six picks for you because fuck it. It's our uh, show. So it's our show. We can do what we whatever. want. And uh, we like them all. We like them all, and we win. So how about that? I bet you fucking take that, put it in your pipe, and smoke it. Because uh, we've been smoking on that overpack. Starting off with the, uh, <laughs> starting off with the over five and a half goals. Look, look how fucking stupid I am. I didn't even say what game we're talking about. The <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, we're all of them. All of them <laughs> over over five and a half points, even in the NBA. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about the we're talking about the Vegas Knights and the uh, and the Dallas Cowboys. No, the Dallas Stars. It's the Dallas Stars. <laughs> um, Dallas Stars and Vegas Knights. Uh, look, five and a half goals, very attainable, right? Um, five and a half hit a lot in the uh, Vegas and uh, Edmonton series, and then all games but Game Seven for the Kraken and Stars yeah. uh, were over um, five and a half as well. So even though Ottinger um, and then I guess, depending on whether or not they're going with Hill or quick or uh, if Brasoit or whatever his name is, um, is, is behind the net. Um, they're going to let in goals five and a half. Like there's too many talented scorers on the ice. And uh, with that being said, we're also going to go. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, that's with Unibet, Unibet, um, which with the, has the best lines at minus one Oh two. So go over on the goals five and a half um, uh, because, our boy over here, Rupi Hints, or what do you call him? What's your name for him? <laughs> Poopy Shits. Poopy. Yeah, I, call, I called him that because I had shits. him in fantasy, and he stunk <laughs> the first half of the year. Oh, yeah, you dropped him, and I picked him up. And I picked him up, and I wheeled him for JT Miller. Fuck, I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but Poopy, Poopy Stints, uh, anytime points at minus 175. Uh, what was your stat that you threw out there? He's the leading. I think, he, uh, yeah, he's the leading scorer in the playoffs. Oh, score! Oh, no. I thought you were talking points. But I, yeah, I okay. think both. That's well. Yeah. So and, maybe aside from McDavid and Dry, but yeah. Um, well, he's up at there, minus though. at minus one seventy five for just eight points anytime. Uh, you gotta like that. And DraftKings mm -hmm. has the best odds over there. That's a great pick. I like that. Not bad. But 
if you don't want poopy stints or poopy shits, um, you can uh, go with our boy Joe. Uh, Joe Pavelski, anytime point, minus 167. Uh, and that's available on Botano. Um, love that sports book. Love Botano. Um, yeah, I feel like this is, uh, this is, I, I'm surprised that it's only at a point um, and that it's at minus 167. Yeah. So we can known both of these. Um, yeah, both great you picks. Can hit, you can hit them both. You can pick one or the other. Uh, this one has a bit better value at minus 167. Again, Patano. Uh, always having, the, uh, it, they seem to be at the top of the board when mm-hmm. it comes to odds. So I'm going to go Joe, uh, anytime point, minus 167, available on Patano. Switching over to the NBA. Over five and a half. Over five and a half. <laughs> goals. Over five and a half goals. Uh, no, man. I'm just going to stick with the exact same ticket that I put together last night uh, for game one where the uh, where the Miami Heat ended up taking that in Boston. Um, Miami plus nine and a half. All of these hit two. Um, so, uh, again, go on the BetStamp app. Find DB2. And um, you can check our receipts because we fucking got it. The fellas it, are right? red hot right now. The f- man, this is this has got to be one of the greatest eight seeds ever. <laughs> I know, I know. That's how crazy That's is insane. that? I mean, I was talking about us personally uh, with our bet history. Oh yeah, oh well, we are but red hot too. But they Miami also. As well. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Hmm. Um, this is a, this Let- is insane, man. I'm like, I, I love this kind of stuff. Like just seeing how far they can go, man. And they're they've they've always been that kind of team where yeah yeah eighth seed first seed it doesn't matter as soon as playoffs hit those guys turn into different players man it's yeah it's so cool and the the disrespect with this spread at plus nine and a half i thought that was like i i laughed at that yesterday and i took it easily and they outright won and so that they're not going to give them that same respect and like at least close the line a little bit for the friday game still plus nine and a half get fucked yeah yeah i'm gonna take them Plus nine oh, yeah. and a half, minus one fifteen. You figure out how to shut down. I mean, even if Tatum goes off for thirty, which he did last night, that was also a very good overpick on the mm-hmm. points. But like, uh, like they, they they were able to hold uh, Jalen Brown to twenty two. Like, and then and then you uh, you're looking at Malcolm Brogdon as your next. Uh, yeah, score. who do they like, really have know. after that? I mean, they have a bunch of amazing role players, but like. I don't know. They were able to shut things down. Bam was going. Kyle, I mean, I'm rooting for Kyle, man. Obviously, I'd love to see him get a, a second ring. Mm-hmm. Um, sucks that it's not with us, obviously. But, like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for those boys. I mean, like, I would like to see Jimmy Butler get a ring this year. A very real possibility that it's going to be a bubble rematch, uh, which we'll be able to get into next episode as well. As we're, that would uh, be very, very a little bit, cool. A little bit more ball next episode. We've been pretty uh, chell heavy. So, yeah. Um, we, we, yeah, so. Jimmy and Butler. most books have them at plus nine right now so if you can get that nine and a half that is yes definitely better i would there's a few books uh a few books that are actually at plus eight and a half so um our boys over at bet uh (laughs) have them at plus nine and a half what were we saying but um but um uh bet mgm the boys over there have them at minus 115 uh and speaking of him he him he butler we're gonna take uh jaime Jimmy Butler over 28 and a half points. Um, the guy goes for 30 whenever he fucking feels like it. So yeah, let's, let's take that. Why not? Minus mm-hmm. one Oh five. Great. I only went up one point from yesterday. So um, I'll continue to take that disrespect too. Why not? Bet three sixty five. Yeah. I mean, Bet 28 and a half points again. It's like after him, like who do you got? He, someone's got to score points, right? Like Jimmy, Jimmy's looking for the ball every possession. So, uh, you, t- you take that all day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, easily. Yeah, Jimmy Butler over 28 and a half points. Minus 105. Bet 365. Look, I mean, like, I, I expect the Celtics to come back and win the next game, but, like, it doesn't seem like anybody has an answer, really, for Jimmy, mm-hmm. um, except for uh, the Knickerbockers uh, that were able to The Ricks. The Ricks. <laughs> the New York Ricks. The Slicks. <laughs> oh, God, that doesn't even make any sense. Doc. Um <laughs> <laughs> the Ricks. Yeah, they were able to hold him at bay, but you know, Jimmy can go off for 30 whenever he feels like it. He's just he's just a monster this uh this uh, postseason. So gonna take him on the points, minus one oh five, bet three six five. Uh and then uh leading over to our final pick, we got Malcolm Brogdon under three and a half, 
minus one oh, under three and a half assists. Look at that. <laughs> he done did it again. <laughs> he's just under three and a half. Yeah, he's under three and a half um, inches. Is that <laughs> dick length? I don't fucking know. Uh, it's just three and yeah. a half. It's whatever you want it to be, really. He's feeling shy game two, so his, yeah, uh, his yeah. PP shrivels up. Um, three and a half, minus 165 available on points bet. That's for the assist. Look, the guy doesn't get much more than two. Uh, sometimes you'll get four, uh, but I think he's only hit that six times throughout the playoffs so far. He got um, one in game one, one assist. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, they're expecting him to shoot more and to be more. Uh, to go out and get more buckets as opposed to right. facilitate. I think they're, yeah. they're looking to Marcus smart and, um, and Derek white a little bit more for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Malcolm Brogdon uh, under three and a half, I think, I mean, minus minus one sixty five. that's, that's Pretty obviously good. you see where it's leaning uh, and that's over on points bet as well. Um, when the heat knock off the Celtics, because I'm, I'm rooting for them all wow. the way. I, I, wow. When the heat, he, he said it, when you heard it, here. they knock off the Celtics in six, um, I've, I've, I just feel like it's going to, I feel like it's uh, uh redemption for Jimmy from last year as well. Right. So. Whoa. Okay. So okay. I feel like, I feel like he's, he's, he's got a mission here and he's, he's going back to the finals. Um, When they do, who is the player from the Celtics that Dwight Howard is going to try and recruit to Taiwan? <laughs> who is going to be knee howing in no time? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the player that's going to be oh, going knee howing? <laughs> is, is Tristan Thompson I love that. I love that, that on that squad? No, he's on the Wait. Lakers. Oh, he's on the Lakers. Okay, okay. I, I knew yeah. he was still in the playoffs, but I was like, mm, might be him. Uh, I don't know, man. Who's a who's who's a good candidate for you? Uh, Malcolm Brockton? Yeah. <laughs> the sixth man of the year. <laughs> yeah. Dwight goes. Don't worry. You can pass me the ball. It's- <laughs> I'll make sure I'll make sure yeah. I look after you over here. Oh man. Yeah, it could be it could be Peyton Pritchard. It could be uh um it could be Al Horford. Let's let's be real. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't sure. believe that I can't believe his knees are still together. Um they got a big <laughs> peanut brittle at this point. Um yeah. Yeah. I, I, like isn't he like 40? Like, what are you doing, dude? Um <laughs> my god. He's a, he's an incredible basketball player. I don't know why I'm shitting on him right now. Um he's he's great. I, he's so he was great. Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. I gotta go. I gotta get some. I gotta get some sleep. I gotta. I gotta lie down. I gotta put a cold towel over my head or something. Gonna lay I'm off the night. I'm losing my mind. I now know it's not a cold. Don't take any more Tylenol, cold and sinus. No more Nyquil. Uh, just take some antihistamine. Um, <laughs> yeah, or go get some it. shots, man. Yeah, yeah. or go guard. Yeah, Good. maybe I'll just. They, they'll they, just do that. That's what I did. I I randomly, I, I you know, I know what I was allergic to. Uh, I randomly got a grass. Oh, allergy. you mean like actual allergy shots? Yes, sir. Uh, okay, I thought you were talking some tequila or something. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, okay. that might uh, that might solve your your problems. Well, it'll at least put you to bed. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, put me to bed. No more cold sweats. Um, all right, yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, we have uh, a great special guest coming in next week as well. We're gonna keep them firing off. Uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Good night, love you all. Bye bye. Peace, peace. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel begins Friday, September 23rd.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.